welcome to Two Dudes Podcast, or should I say Ashton and Lacey's Podcast. And make sure you stay tuned and have an awesome day. Thank you. When I thought about us starting a podcast, in my mind, I was like, we'll pick a topic and then we'll like text back and forth or we'll hop on a call and be like, okay, this is what we're talking about. Like, this is the structure. Like, here's our intro. This is like questions we're going to ask each other. Here's our outro. And it's been literally none of that. Like, we have no structure. Like, we literally get off and – or, like, I'll text you – or, like, you text me the night before and you're, like, 11 tomorrow. And I'm, like, yep. And then we just call. And so so then I started thinking and I was, like, okay, so obviously on this episode, like, we are talking about college. But then I started thinking and I was, like, I don't ever even, like – think about the topic before we record. I don't do anything until the night before and then I panic and I'm like, if we run out of things to talk about, what can I say? And then, Mm -hmm. but I, um, I made a couple notes. And so at the top I had, um, I have, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think it's an interesting thing because I think for a long time, Linda wanted to be like a rainbow yeah. No, Lacey, or like one of my favorite pictures of literally all time. Like Lyndon is just solid gold. Like the amount of photos I have of her and they're not like funny pictures. Like they are hilarious quotes. Like I take a picture of her and I like quote what she said and I have a picture and I said, Lyndon, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, um, a snowflake. And yeah. if, if that doesn't work, I think I'll be a grandma. <laughs> Yeah. So the thing, the thing about it is that uh, <laughs> that I think those are legitimate dreams. I mean, more so than being a YouTube person. And the other part of it is like, I hate that that is the question we always ask these kids from the time they're like, start kindergarten. Like, who the fuck knows at six years old what you want to be? And if you do, like, that's great then you're pretty stubborn because you just pick it and follow through with it. And and that's not a bad trait either, but it shouldn't be like the expectation. It That's an interesting point because I do think like I can look back in my entire span of my life and whether it's because I actually remember it or because my mom has told me this, but like I can think of all of the phases that I've gone through. Like, I remember being in kindergarten and saying, like, I wanted to be a fucking pop star because it's probably because I, like, watched Lizzie McGuire and that's what I wanted to be. And then I wanted to be a writer or a vet or a – but I remember all of the things I've said about what I wanted to be, but it's because people ask it all the time. And it's like I can remember a time in every period of my life, like whether I was in elementary school or middle school or high school or – in college, it's always changed, but you know that because it's clearly been asked so frequently. Yeah, which is kind of weird, isn't it? Because I always go back to this part too, and it's like, okay, when I, I promise we'll get to the college stuff, and I think this leads I think this is that, all really important, yeah. So when I had children, like before I had children, I had all these ideas about what I would want for my children and what I would want them to be. And then once I had my children, like, you know, like you see the quotes everywhere about like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like happy. 
And mm-hmm. and that is what I want for them. Like I don't want them to focus on like their career. I mm-hmm. want them to focus on like what they can do in their life to feel like fulfilled. And then sometimes that gets shit on. Like socially, it's like, oh, these millennials just want to talk about their feelings. And it's like, yeah, you fuckstick, because we don't know (laughs) at five years old what we want to be when we grow up. Like, that's such a shitty thing to say in such a narrow view. Like, instead of what do you want to be when you grow up, like financially, how are you going to make an income? It's like, how do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be kind? Do you, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to be angry and upset. Yeah. Yeah, But we don't talk about it like that. So I mean, instead. We talk so much about what you want to be in terms of career. And so then people think that that's the most important thing. And so then happiness isn't necessarily on their radar. And if they can have a really successful career, but they're super fucking unhappy, at least they have the successful successful career. And like they have this idea that like that's what matters in society. Like you have to have a good job. You have to have an income. You have to have, but then at what expense? Because it's almost like if we don't talk about what do you want to be when you're older? Do you want to be happy? Then it hasn't been made a priority to them and they neglect their emotional state or their happiness or well-being because they think that the career is the end goal or the priority in life. I read this article, I don't know, it was a few months ago. It was about this dude that like started Zappos and then he ended up selling it to like Amazon and was a billionaire and like lived in Vegas and then lived in Utah and was basically just like flying people out. Anyway, he ended up dying and he was on all kinds of meds. And it was the saddest thing because he had like everything. He, mm-hmm. I, But only monetarily. Mm-hmm. He was a gazillionaire. And it was like, I just feel so sad for, and I don't feel like it's, their fault. I feel like it's how we as a society, I mean, look at it. We're asking five-year-old kids what they want to be when they grow up. And we expect them to think about that from now until the time they go to college. And then when you go to college, you have to focus on what you want to do. And then you have to know by the time you get out and you're supposed to have this set path, but, but fuck, those paths don't work. Mm -mm. And they change. And then When they do change, they... Okay, I feel like this is the perfect bridge into college because I remember, and it's it's weird too because it's been so long and and I've talked on... I was on a previous podcast and I like did a very quick version, like a SparkNotes version of me dropping out of school and I've like touched on it on social media, but it was always like, I just realized it wasn't the path for me. Like... That is essentially all I've ever said about it. but And there is a million different factors that go into it. But what that just reminded me of was one of the biggest things, like obviously I went to University of Minnesota my freshman year and I've talked on this podcast before that in general I was just struggling and I don't know what it was. I think it was living in a big city and being away from home and also not knowing what I wanted to do. And so I went to college and I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist. 
And at U of M, they didn't have like a pre-med major, but they had like a pre-med track. And so I was like, I want to go on this pre-med track and I want to be a psychiatrist is what I really thought I wanted to. So my freshman year, I filled my classes with like psychology, neuroscience, chemistry, things like that. It was all part of this track. And so my classes were hard and I liked them. I took gender classes. I really did enjoy the classes that I took at Minnesota. But then fast forward to sophomore year. And again, I was at this spot where I wasn't mentally very well. But one of the biggest turning points was I was at school and at this point I had done literally nothing with like photography, videography, whatever. But sophomore year was when we had launched Okanopal. And so then at this time, like, I felt like my passions shifted. And then I started to think like, I want to do marketing, I want to do photography, I want to do videography, whatever. And I went to my counselor at Minnesota, essentially, to put it in like, short terms, she told me I was out of luck. Like, I wanted to switch my major, I didn't want to be pre-med or psychology, I wanted to switch to marketing and whatever. And I've touched on this to you before because I do think it's dependent on college because I remember Sydney saying, and a lot of my friends, like your first year, your freshman year, it's all general classes. Like you don't have to know what you want to be when you go Mm -hmm. to school because you're taking like all of the general like psychology, chemistry, English as a freshman. Well, the downside of University of Minnesota. And if you know what you're going to do, it's specific and it's great. But the downside of Minnesota is there was seven different- I don't think that's great anywhere, but yeah. keep going. So the <laughs> downside of Minnesota was that because it was so big, there was seven different colleges within the school. So there was like College of Liberal Arts, College of Biological Sciences, whatever. And there were prereq- prerequisites for your college. So I had gone into school picking a specific path and I took classes to fulfill that specific class. Well, then I was a year into college, which is nothing. It's when everyone told me, you can switch your mind, you can switch your major. And my counselor, the guidance counselor said, if you want to switch your major to psychology or, or I mean to marketing, you have to go back and take all of the entry level courses for that. And every class you've taken, or at least 80% of the classes you took freshman year, they aren't going to count or count really towards anything. They can be an elective, but really that was it. And I remember, and this is when I was like texting you, I was so frustrated because everyone had told me like, it doesn't matter. Like you won't decide right away. Everyone switches their major. Well, I got stuck in a position where I felt like I couldn't switch. It is so much pressure to know exactly what you want to do. Not like figure it out while you're in college, but like, Literally, you have to know your senior year so you can apply to the correct school. You can apply to all of this stuff. And at that point when she had told me that, I felt like the easy thing to do would have just been to finish the degree that I was in. And that's essentially what she was. (laughs) It's just so fucking crazy. But it is like what she was telling me. Like, I swear she sat down and she was like, I mean, you can, but like, you should just finish what you're doing. Like, it's just easier. But then it's like three more years of fucking money and bullshit for you to get a degree so that you can go back to school or be in a career you don't really want. No. Like, how fucking crazy is that? But again, it is putting this pressure that the career you pick is more important than what you really desire out of life or what your well-being is. Because I was so 
unwell at school. And I thought maybe if I change to something I'm passionate about, like I will have this drive for school again and I'll be happy and all. And she essentially was like, no, just finish it out. And I was like, uh, no, I can't because I'm fucking yes. unwell. And so there's just so much pressure on young kids to know exactly what they want to be because then, yeah, it, even if you do switch your major and it was a different school than Minnesota, like you're still probably adding on another year of school. It's so much money. People can't afford that. And then people get stuck. Like the amount of times I have talked to people and they've said like, oh, I graduated with a psychology degree, but like I don't use it. <laughs> you or like, yeah, you know, I hear people say like, well, I graduated with an engineer degree, but like I never used it. And I do think college is so valuable and you learn so much and you grow and you meet friends and there's so many experiences, but... But do you really? Yeah. Do you really <laughs> no, need it? No, I mean, do you really feel it was that valuable? Okay, no, I know it wasn't. No, not just, necessarily I'm me, but I know other people. <laughs> so there's like so fucking much in all of what you just said that I feel like it would be helpful to unpack. The first thing is that I feel like I have to say as an educator that I love all teachers. And okay, Lacey, think, you have to give your, I know you literally hate doing this, but for this to really yeah, hold its value, yeah. like you yep. are, you have to explain, like I'm a college dropout and literally everyone knows <laughs> that, but you have to, like you have gone I to school to, more yeah. than literally anyone I know. So that's okay, what's so crazy so, about our views on this because we are essentially in terms of like background, we are at the opposite ends of spectrum that you could ever be at for college. And I also think that the important part of this is the parallels to between our experiences. So it's like, it's not like we're two college dropouts, like telling, like just dogging on college, like you don't need it. Like you, yeah, you have to explain that because that is so, so, so important. Okay. So first is no, like, I always worry about how the things we say are going to be interpreted. And I know that that is just an inherent piece of this. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to first education, like number one, the theme that I want running through here is that education and learning and growth are like, I think the most important things Mm -hmm. in anyone's life. So that to me is very separate from, um, the institutions that we go to for school. So Mm -hmm. just making that distinction. Then the other side of that is I know that we have all had really great teachers and really terrible teachers. And like, I think that most people that go into teaching go in with the idea that they want to make a difference. So anything that I say is not reflective of Mm -hmm. individual educators it is more um, the structures that they're in, and yep. and that is why I quit teaching. Anyway, okay, so your background. Um, yep. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go back a little bit because there are some parallels in our experiences. So mm-hmm. when I graduated from high school, I like knew I needed to leave South Dakota, mm-hmm. and I went to. KU in Lawrence, Kansas. And it was like my dream. And I thought I was leaving here. And I got there. And my experience my freshman year was very similar to yours. So Mm -hmm. although I was pre-med, 
And I was pre-med because um, because I was smart. And in school, everyone had said I was smart. And my family said, you're smart. You should be a doctor. You'll make lots of money. Mm-hmm. And so I, start, I started at KU as a pre-med major. And I literally went to like two fucking classes a week. <laughs> like I hated chemistry. I hated the biology class that I was in. Like I fucking hated everything about it. Mm-hmm. And I was so depressed. My I had a terrible roommate situation. Like the whole thing mm-hmm. was just like it. I mean, even thinking about it now, like makes me sad because I can imagine. I mean, I can see myself laying like in my bed with like blackout blinds at like noon, having slept through like three classes. And I that was still literally <laughs> me freshman year. Like everything you just said, it was fucking me. I know. And that's, and so there's a piece there that I feel like I've thought a lot about since. So for a really long time, I've wondered like why I couldn't make it there. And I felt um some shame about it too. Because what ended up happening was at semester, I came home mm-hmm. to Rapid City. So I like got through first semester and then I was like, I just can't, I cannot fucking do this. Like, I'm not happy. I'm crying all the time. I would cry on the phone to my friends from home. And I felt like everyone else was flourishing somewhere. Dude, yes. And yes. I was just lonely. And so there's a part of that also that I know you saw at Minnesota where a lot of people came from around the region too. I mean, there were definitely people from further away, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people came from around the region. So they had like tangentially known each other from like high school sports or like whatever. And Mm -hmm. I, I had gone because I was like, I'm brave enough to go start over, fuck South Dakota. And then I got there and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. And you're the same person, yes. Yes. So I think that that's important because there's something there too about having some social structures that I had thought that I didn't need. And then it turned out I needed more support than I thought. I completely agree. And I do, I want you to keep finishing like your background because again, it's, I think it's so, so important and like, we'll make this podcast have so much more depth when you see like the spectrum that we are in, in terms of like education and a college degree and things like that. So what I've understood from sharing my story, like I have shared parts of it on Instagram and on TikTok and the feedback that I've gotten from it is so many people saying like, I resonate so hard. Like I went to college and I was so sad and I was so unfulfilled and I was so, and I think that's an important thing to talk about because I was struggling my freshman year of college, but I think one of the biggest struggles was feeling like everyone else was doing so well and I wasn't. I felt so fucking alone. And I also felt that same way. Like when I wasn't happy in Minnesota, I was like, I felt so embarrassed and shameful because I was like, I'm those people that they talk about that like peaked in high school and I like can't be out of South Dakota. Like Mm -hmm. I can't create a life for myself. And And I remember thinking like every person I followed on social media, every single one of my friends, every single one of my peers was just flourishing in college and I wasn't. But something that I have realized that I think is so important and I've ever since I've shared my story, I've had so many people DM me is I think freshman year of college is hard 
for so many people. And the notion that people live their best years of their life in college is so detrimental because people go to school and it is such a shock. Like I moved nine hours away from home, from a small town to a big city. And like you said, I didn't know anyone. And I felt like everyone knew everyone there, especially just like in my circle of friends and my sorority. But if I would have known that that was normal, I feel like it would have helped some of my mental health because so much of it was shame and feeling so alone. Mm-hmm. But we have to get that out of our head because people do flourish. And and I think of like Sydney, like Sydney always felt like she wasn't smart in high school and Sydney went to college and now is like in grad school and has mm-hmm. like is so smart and like saw her potential and has had so much fun at school and made so many friends, but also has talked about that freshman year was so hard. And I do think mm-hmm. people have great college experiences, but something that I wish so badly that I would have known or that would have been talked about more was that it is a hard transition for everyone and it's okay to feel like you are depressed or you don't know what you're doing or you don't like you're not alone in that and so many people feel that way dude on top of like leaving your home where your parents are still taking care of everything to like moving out which is a large developmental milestone in it and of itself to going to college and knowing that you're spending thousands of dollars on whatever you're supposed to learn. And also at the same time, thinking that you have to know at 18, what the fuck you want to do with the rest of your life is so so much yeah and and literally not like think like it's it's such a different question than like when you ask Lyndon or it's not like what you want to be it's exactly like I said you literally have to know because then you need to take the correct path to get there you are investing thousands almost hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this degree and like I said earlier like if you change your mind then you're fucked. Like you are adding another year of college. You're paying thousands of dollars more. So the pressure of not just what do you want to be? Like what's, what would you like to be? It is like you pick what you want to be and you pursue it at the age of 18. Yeah. When you are literally, yeah, just got out of living with your parents in your hometown that you've never left. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, I mean, it, and agree. There are so many people who had different experiences and, and that's all wonderful for them. But then there are tons of other people working in other jobs that don't have to do with their degree. Well, I'll get to that too. Yeah. Okay. So I moved back home and I, whether fortunately or unfortunately, my dad had moved to North Dakota. So we just had a house here. So I was um, 19, dropped out of college, moved back home. And um, I had always worked at the buckle at the mall. And mm-hmm. so I just moved so to full time. So just not you now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just moved to full time mm-hmm. there. So I started working full time and just fucking drinking like Mm -hmm. so so much I had a fucking house like I had friends that were still here Mm -hmm. that either hadn't gone to school or were working full-time or whatever and it was a trap house (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, it was a shit show. And mm-hmm. even now looking back, I was thinking about this last night because I think about what yeah. we're going to talk about the next day. And um, as I was thinking about it, well, at some point, I think we'll get into a better alcohol discussion or something. But yes, I agree. as I was, it's something that I always like try to piece through because I never drank a lot in high school. And then I went to college and I came home and I was drinking all the time. But I mean, I was hiding too, mm-hmm. because I was so ashamed. Like I had gone to high school. I had taken the AP classes. I mm-hmm. had straight A's. I had got a scholarship to go to KU and I fucking quit and mm-hmm. moved home and fucking drank every night and worked full time at the mall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, I was drinking heavily. Yeah. So that was the second semester of my freshman year. And thankfully, um, I had a really good friend who played baseball at a school close to KU. So I had visited him a few times Mm -hmm. and he had talked me into going to college there my sophomore year. So thankfully I like felt comfortable and I felt like I had a path because had I not had a path out of here, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I could, who knows? Yeah. So he encouraged me to go there. So I, My sophomore year, I moved to Missouri and uh, moved in with three baseball players, (laughs) which is a whole nother story. But I mean, we just drank all the time and I majored in psychology. And I remember when I started telling people I was majoring in psychology, I think it was actually my dad that was like, that's probably as useful as underwater basket weaving. Lacey, I remember going to your house once and I... Jim was there and I was telling him how I was getting a psych degree and I remember him giving me the same spiel. He was like, really think about it. He's like, you don't want to go into like business or engineering. He was like, what are you going to do with your psych degree? And I also remember sitting there like, fuck, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing with this degree. (laughs) Valid. And so that is a whole, that's a whole, there's just so many things to unpack here. But that I think was a generational thing. Again, Mm -hmm. like me going to school and going to med school was this clear path that everyone in my family could see that I belonged on. Mm -hmm. And I fucking don't like blood. Like I can't even, (laughs) I can't even look at blood. I am not meant to be a fucking doctor. Like there's nothing other than money and mind that would put me into that thing. And it's like, that's not enough. And pretending like it is, is so weird to me. But anyway, so I got a degree in psychology. And the thing was, I fucking loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved learning about how other people think. I loved understanding how my brain works. And even now, I look back at that and am so thankful that I have a better understanding of the people around me because Mm -hmm. of that learning. Like that's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I get this degree, dude, I'm not even joking when I say that I thought you graduated from college and like people came to you and gave you (laughs) jobs. (laughs) Same. I think I thought the same thing. 
that's not even like I thought I was going to graduate and everyone was like just knocking on your door in psychology. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I have a degree. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not. So I graduated was like, what the fuck can I do? And I literally came home and it was either I work in a residential treatment center or work as a bank teller. Mm -hmm. Like, those were my Your two options, options. Yeah. with a fucking college degree. And I knew I wanted to go to grad school. Like I knew that I had to. That was just the thing. When you get any kind of degree, you have to go to grad school. And now yeah. it's even worse. It doesn't matter what your fucking undergraduate degree is. Like if you want to get into some specialized whatever, you have to go to grad school, Mm -hmm. whatever. So I knew I was going to grad school. I started grad school for counseling. I worked in residential treatment and I cried myself to sleep at night. Like Mm -hmm. I cried leaving the place. It was such an emotional toll. Yeah. It just takes a special kind of person. And everyone I worked with was amazing, but it was like, I cannot Mm-hmm. I cannot work with these kids whose parents had them eat out of a dog dish. Like mm-hmm. one little boy, like I, yeah, it was so, so terrible. So I was like, well, I guess counseling isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So then what the fuck do you do? Not only had I like come home, I was getting, I was taking counseling classes and I was like, I can't fucking do this. So I dropped out of grad school and then got a teaching degree Mm because I was like, I'll just get certified to teach. So I started teaching. And um, then I also, I got a graduate degree in creative writing. And then I kept going to school and I have a doctorate in curriculum. So (laughs) you have been to more school than literally anyone I know. (laughs) Okay. So that brings me back to. (sighs) So one thing I want to add to, because you said how I do think like, okay, I dropped out of school. I only went for a year and a half, but you had made a comment about how your counseling or your psychology degree, like you, it was so worth it to you. And it like taught you the things and the people around you and helped you to understand them. I do feel that way. Like I have had people ask me before, like, don't you just regret going to Minnesota? Because it was very expensive to go to school at University of Minnesota. And they were like, don't you wish you would have gone to like South Dakota or whatever. But for me, like I was the same way. I needed to get out of South Dakota and I felt like I needed a change of scenery. And because I thought I wanted to go to a, a big city so badly, I would have regretted like my whole life if I didn't. And so all of that served a purpose. But my point was, I think there was lessons that I took from Minnesota that I am so thankful that I have. And one of them is Mm -hmm. South Dakota is a very conservative state and Rapid Mm -hmm. is a very small town. And, you know, there's one thing I think I took from Minnesota was when I was there, I was taking classes about politics. I was taking gender classes. That was probably my favorite part about Minnesota was every single semester I was taking gender and sexuality study classes. And I was learning about transgenders and all of these things. And I think there's this notion that people, you know, especially from a small town, like you hear, oh, they went to college and they just turned so liberal. Like they had all these liberal people teaching them. But it's like, (laughs) no, I went and I fucking got educated. And so- It's because I learned- Yes. How the world comes together a little bit better. And I understood that I could empathize with other people. I learned the Mm -hmm. science behind 
transgenders. I learned all of these different things, but that has been a very valuable part in my life. And I feel like I have the political and the moral views I do today about Black Lives Matters, about gay rights, mm-hmm. about politics, all of these things, because I went to a prestigious college and I was educated. And that is something that I'm so thankful for. And so I, I just thought of that when you were talking about the importance of like what you learned from psychology, because that is another question I feel like people ask me all the time of like, you know, I went and I spent like $50,000 in a year and a half of college at Minnesota. It was so expensive. And they're like, don't you wish you just didn't go and you didn't waste that money? But no. And even if it didn't work out and I didn't leave with a degree. There are such valuable things that I learned about in school that I am so thankful that I went. And I also don't <sighs> have regrets because yes. if I didn't go and that, okay, so I guess this is transitioning to another point, but, and it involves you because back to dropping out and whatever. So I go back my sophomore year of college. And again, I was telling you, like, I felt this shame and embarrassment that I was struggling and I couldn't fucking make it work. And I felt those things my freshman year of college. And to be honest, I could have dropped out my freshman year a month and a half in. Like, the feelings I had then were the same Mm -hmm. my sophomore year a few months in. But for me, I didn't want to have any regrets. And I've talked about this, I think, before in the last podcast that I did um, where I was just like a guest on it, not one we recorded. But I remember feeling so alone and sad my freshman year and I easily could have came home. But for me, I kept thinking like, what if it gets better? I know freshman year mm-hmm. is hard for so many people. Like I know that it's this weird transition and I was going to go back my sophomore year and I was going to live in the sorority house. Like I knew there was great girls in my sorority. If I could just live in a house of so many friends and I wasn't isolated in a dorm. Like, I could make this work. And I went, and nothing changed. And I was equally as sad as I was my freshman Mm -hmm. year. And so I remember texting you, and I kept saying, like, I want to leave. I want to – but what if I regret it? What if I – and so there was two parts to that of how I feel like I knew it was time to come home. One was that I really did – stay there for as long as I could. And I didn't Mm -hmm. just come home freshman year, saw like first semester, and then I'm regretting like, fuck, I could have. Like, what What if? What if? Like, I played out a year and a half and I lived in a sorority house. I did all of the things that were supposed to make you happy and I wasn't. And then the second thing was, I remember texting, I think you were like the first person and how it came from, and it all stems back to like, what do you want to be when you're older or whatever? My mom and Sydney and Aubrey had visited me one weekend my sophomore year. It was like parent weekend and they came and they stayed in Minneapolis. And this was when Sydney was graduating college and was going to apply for grad school. And Sydney's resume in college was like extraordinary. Like she had done all of these internships and Mm -hmm. she had gotten good grades and done all this stuff. And I remember my mom saying to me like, you need to really think about what you want to be and what you want to do because you need to start getting internships or jobs through undergrad so you can get into grad school and you really need to focus on that. And I dropped them off at the airport and I cried the entire way home from the airport (sighs) to my dorm, like Mm -hmm. sobbing because I was like, I don't fucking know what I want to be. And what I think I want to be is a creative. Like I want to do photography Mm -hmm. and videography and I want to run Okanopal and I wanted to do all of these things 
And it was once I really sat down and I'd obviously had that like conversation with my counselor of like, you have to figure out what you want to do and you need to go down this path. And then my mom is, you know, and it wasn't like she was pressuring me. She was just being right. realistic. Like you need yes. to really narrow this down. And that was when I realized like a year and a half in, I don't fucking want to be here. I don't want a psych degree. I don't want to go pre-med. And then I texted you and I was like, probably like a seven page long text <laughs> explaining everything. And I was so stressed and so scared. And you texted back and said, you have to stop thinking that everything is concrete. And I think that comes from your experience. Like you came home from school and then you went back. And I remember mm -hmm. you telling me like nothing you do is permanent. Like you could drop out of school and realize like you come home and you realize you made a mistake. So you go back to school. Like mm -hmm. dropping out doesn't have to be this like end all like I dropped out of school and you can't go back like you dropped out of school and you went back and you went on to get a doctorate and you know and so like mm -hmm. taking that pressure away and I remember the next day like I went to after that night I sat in the um like common area of Minnesota and I wrote down a list of pros and cons. And I was trying to think of absolutely everything. <laughs> I remember you. And list. my fucking <laughs> pros for dropping out of college were like my mental health. I can do what I want to do with my life. I'll be happier. I can shoot weddings. I can do all of these things. And my negatives were, what if I regret, question mark, which I had already canceled out. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. I'm going to. I lived this out. I did as much as I could. Like, there was nothing that was going to change. Like, I did all of the steps. And the second thing was, what are people going to think? And that was a mm -hmm. huge point because I was so worried what everyone would think. But then I kept thinking, your advice kept coming back to me like, this is just one step. And I either come home and life is great and I find happiness and I find what I want to do, or I realize it was a mistake, but I got a semester of understanding and reflecting and mm -hmm. getting my mental health better. And then I go back to school and it nothing oh. is as concrete as we make it. Yeah. So first, it like makes me, I mean, it just makes me so sad that we put all, so much pressure on people to go to college when it just isn't going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it makes me sad. So even when I think about telling you that, like, obviously, when you were texting me, I have to, like, go back through my own experience. Mm -hmm. And I, like, felt shameful for quitting college for so long mm -hmm. that I didn't want you to feel the same shame because there was no mm -hmm. point. Like once I like, I honestly, once I think I had my kids, I was like, oh fuck, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be in life. And regretting anything is pointless because I wouldn't be here mm -hmm. if... I had made any other decisions. So it was like late 20s or 30s before I finally could like stop looking at my life and feeling like, oh, maybe I should have been a doctor and mm -hmm. we Adam could be a stay-at-home dad, but it's yeah. like, oh, I probably never would have been with Adam or like mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the life we built now. Mm -hmm. So at some point there was this switch that flipped and I was like, 
I spent all this time regretting that for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So I, it definitely is because of all of that that I was able to tell you that because, and I'm just so much prouder of you than I was of myself because I feel like you did quit and then came home and you were like, oh, this is the right choice. And then you just move on. And mm-hmm. that's how our decisions should be. Mm-hmm. Like there doesn't have to be a bunch of regret for anything because you can always change it. Always. Yes. You, and so another, that was, yeah, another point to, just to go off of that is that Again, like I made that decision as complicated as I could have. Like I was thinking, like I remember thinking like, what are my bosses at work going to think? What are the important, like my mom's friends going to think? Like what are, what if I, and like I literally thought of every possible scenario that could have happened. Every pro, every con, I was so overanalyzing it. But at the end of the day, like you have to make, what decision is best for you. Not best for your parents, not best for your friends, not best for what you think people want you to do. Like ultimately, if I could sum up my decision to drop out of college because there was people who supported it and and 98% of people supported it, which I'll always be thankful for, but it came down to deciding what I needed for my own life, mental health related happiness related what I thought I could I thought I could be more successful without my degree which has proven to be so true but it all comes down to not overanalyzing a situation from everyone else's point of view and just fucking doing what is right for you and it sounds so cliche and it sounds so silly and so simple yes and it was the hardest thing I ever did but the most rewarding thing I ever did when I removed every expectation of me and society standards when I just simply sat down and it ultimately came down to this is what I believe I need to make my life happy or my version of successful. And I could have simplified that situation and saved nights of crying and stress. And if I would have just narrowed it down to this is what I need and I don't have to explain it to literally anyone else. No, and there's something there that is in letting go of the paths that society tells us that we we have to follow, like beyond just worrying what everyone else thinks, like thinking outside of that box because, well, fuck, I have a doctorate in education. I'm like making a podcast about nothing yes. that has no. to do with that. But I love everything that I know because of what I learned. And yes. And for a long time after I got that degree, I was like, ah, I have to get, I have to stay a teacher. I have to be a teacher because this is the degree I have and I have to make money as a teacher. And it is like, I mean, I've spent all of my life trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And it always changes and pretending like it doesn't is so silly. Like I think about this, um, well, Adam, like his, our Bowdoin construction has changed immensely every few years in a different direction. Like Mm -hmm. that's just part of growing and being a person. So to try to like fit yourself into one box is so 
So silly. I mean, it's like even when we talk about what you do and what you want to do, like there's always something else you want to do or something you want to focus on, or as you learn more, it just changes. And pretending like you have to go to college to learn that stuff, it's just so hard because 18, 19, 20, 21, like I love the stuff that you learned and your experiences. And I'm thankful for mine too, like Mm -hmm. getting out of South Dakota, being around different kinds of people, Mm -hmm. like the diversity just on campus versus Stevens High School is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's immensely different. So just those experiences and getting to talk to other people and learning from them is so, so important. But can't we do that without like, charging kids like fucking $20,000 a year? Like, how is this system set up to prepare people for success? It's Mm -hmm. just not. Okay, I have a big thing to say about that. So, or what you were saying before, and it all goes back to, so first, I do want to make a point that college is valuable. And I am not here to say that a college degree is worthless and because there are fields that you have to go on that path. Like we need doctors in society. We need psychiatrists. We need Mm -hmm. counselors. We need engineers. And you have to go on that path and you have to get a degree and you have to go to med school and grad school and all of these things. And those are equally, if not more important than, you know, the jobs that we do. So that is a big point that needs to be made. Like we're not here to tell everyone to drop out of school and because we need people to go to college and it's so valuable. But I do think one of my like favorite things that I've ever learned from you and I've learned a lot from you is you literally tell me like every four weeks, you're like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing with my life. And like you are a 38 year old, like I always had in my mind like you have to know what you're gonna do and you do it for the rest of your life but like at all stages and the other thing is my mom so like my mom is a very successful woman like she went to college and she has a very 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 good job Mm -hmm. and she's very smart and works with really intelligent people and she went on a very traditional path to get there but something I love is that she's almost 50 and in her years of being 40, she wanted to be so many things and she did it. Like my mom does photography. She became a yoga instructor. And like there is no timeline on this is what I want to be and this is what's going to stay forever. And like I've had people since I've like dropped out of school and like what I always say, like created a life for myself and like became a photographer. Like I have people messaging me and they're like, I'm 27 and like I have a you know, uh, something, an economics major, and I haven't used it, but like I've decided to become an artist or like I Mm -hmm. pursued my passion of doing like macrame as a career, you know, and it's never too late. And if there's anything like, I do think there's value in the education and like the things you learn from college. And I can say that firsthand, like I value what I learned at school, but I have learned so much outside of school, whether that's things that I learned from you or things that I've learned on the internet or from podcasts I've listened to Mm -hmm. or for anyone who's ever been a part of my life. Like, I am so happy that I made the decision I did when I was the age. Like, I've created a business and I've done it for a few years now and I'm happy I dropped out of school when I did. But it's also to say, like, I could have done that when I was 
26 and I had a college degree. Like Mm -hmm. if you are in a position where you graduated school and you have an economics major and you are stuck and you don't know what to do, like you can fucking be anything. Go start a podcast today. Yes. Sell t-shirts online. Go do videography. Like what you want to be when you're older should change all the time. I agree. I encourage people like that's something that I've learned from you and that I've learned from my mom is like, even now, like I am a photographer and a videographer, but like who fucking knows in five years, like I could write a book. I could, Mm -hmm. we could do a podcast full time. Like you never fucking know what you're going to do in your life and the downside of it. And I don't even necessarily think that college is the negative here. It's the narrative that what you want to be is what you're going to be forever. Yeah. And that you have to pay thousands of dollars to get there. And I mean, I definitely, I mean, I teach a college class in the summers that I'm probably getting fired from if more than 10 people (laughs) listen to this podcast. (laughs) But like- You have a doctorate in curriculum in education. Like you should be the poster child, poster person for promoting- like education and the system. I know. But you also know. know more about it than really anyone else does. And so that's that's why I wanted you to say your background so much because everyone knows I'm a college dropout, but people don't understand like <laughs> you literally have a doctorate in curriculum and education. Like that yeah. is the opposite spectrums that we could be on on discussing a topic like going to college. Yeah. I think there's some sense of openness that I have had for most of my life. And then as I get older, it just gets more open because Mm -hmm. I care a lot less about what other people think. And I feel like there's a fear a lot of times for how you'll be perceived. So like when we opened Okanopal, even when we had to write bios, I I would get so anxious about having to try to tell someone mm-hmm. in like a paragraph what I do because it's like I I am, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm not teaching right now. And Mm -hmm. so I always kept working in curriculum and I like tried to keep one foot in education because there is something so important there. But I would get so discouraged by the way that it works. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't think that the way that it works is, is the best way for people to come out of it and be successful. And I think it's bullshit that you have to spend a crap ton of money on gen eds, which don't set you up to like know more about the world and like explore and find your path, which is what the intent was. Now it's just, they just make you check all these boxes that cost thousands of dollars for no reason if you're not interested. Like I think like you want to be a counselor. Oh, I was just going to yes. say like you want to be a writer. Okay. Well, your freshman year, you have to pay a thousand dollars to take a gen ed yes. chemistry class that you'll never touch in your life, but we just have to check it off. Like, yes, ridiculous. And if we want to help people find their paths, I think there is a much better way to do that than that. But our colleges have turned into just these money machines where, you know, it's more Mm -hmm. important that you, I fucking was almost ready to graduate and then needed, was half a credit short. I had to take fucking bowling, like (laughs) a half a semester 
bowling class to graduate with a degree in psychology. Like, how much fucking sense does that make? Like, that's so ridiculous. So while the flip side of that is, I think you just have to always be willing to learn. And that's what I love what you said about your mom, because she does have this career, but then it's also like she's pulled to photography and she always has been. And I remember like, I always wanted to be a yoga teacher, like, Mm -hmm. and a writer. I was like, if I could do anything, I would be a writer and I would explore yoga a little bit more. And then it's like, I didn't do any of that because I had to go to school and figure out how to get a job to make money. And neither of those things could. So it's like, it wasn't until I've gotten to a place where I was like, I don't fucking care what people think. Like, I'm going to write what I want to write. Because honestly, that is the one thing that makes me feel (laughs) so happy. Mm -hmm. Yes. But we like shit on, you know, I want to be an artist, or I want to be a writer, whatever. It's like, the world is such a better place because we're all so different. And why can't we have supports in place for everyone? Mm-hmm. And like, again, it doesn't like, make sense. What you said about, so it all, I mean, I'm going back to, there's not a timeline for any of this. Like how you said you always wanted to be a yoga instructor, but you were like, I can't because I'm, you know, I'm a college student. I'm a teacher. Like, I'm not a yoga. But you were, like, in your 30s when you decided you wanted to do that. Like, my mom was in her 40s when she got her yoga license. And the thing I've always, like, I don't, like, make fun of my mom for it is that woman literally wants to do everything in the world. Like, she'll, like, watch a tennis match on TV and then she's like, oh, I really want to pick up tennis. And I'm like, what the fuck? You wanted to pick up golf last week. And like, (laughs) I like shit on her for it. But like, that is this, it's so important to have that mindset. And whether you are, you're a senior in high school or you are a sophomore in college or you are 35, like, I don't know who fucking listens to this podcast, but like, (laughs) there's not, there's not a right time to start. Like, If you're a college student, like start a t-shirt business on the side. If you are a mom and you're in your 30s and you want to write a book, go write the fucking book. Go get your Dude, I ordered paints the other day. I feel like your mom. (laughs) I did. But there is something about being open. Like I feel like I spent my whole life so closed down into this box of stepping through the things that I had to, where it finally got to a point that I think comes with just learning that it was like, fuck off. I can learn whatever I want. So I ordered paints because I do like to paint and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to like be an artist, but if I want to, you know, try something out, then I'm going to Mm -hmm. where before it was like, well, that doesn't fit on my path. I wouldn't have. Yes. I wouldn't like even tell anyone because I'd be like, that's embarrassing. Like I can't paint or Mm -hmm. we can't start a podcast or we can't start a business, but there's like this fear of doing stuff that I just wished that I would have got rid of. Um, when I was your age, which yes, I think but, is is good. But it stems again from 
this pressure to do pick one thing and stick to it. And it starts when you're a kid and they say, what do you want to be when you're older? And then it starts to really grow when you're a senior in high school and you have to pick this career path. And then it gets like solidified in college, but it doesn't have to be solidified. And whether you're switching your major or you want to, the other thing that I think is valid that you have told me, and I tell this to Aubrey all the time, and I've noticed even a switch in my mom's perspective of my mom was very supportive when I dropped out of school, but I also think it's because I explained myself so well. Like I really had it narrowed down. Like I'm going to go home and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And versus like, I didn't just say like, I want to drop out. Like I don't like this. Cause then I think she maybe would have had some things to say and she was really supportive of it. But again, it's like this, you know, this notion of it's a bad thing, but you had said something you'll really push your kids to do is to take a gap year. And it's something Mm -hmm. that if I would have said that to my mom like six years ago, she would have been like, absolutely not. Like when you take a gap year, you don't go back. Like you need Mm -hmm. to go to school right away. But the amount of money it maybe would have saved me. And again, there's no regrets because I'm so happy with the path that I took. But like Mm -hmm. if I would have taken a gap year, maybe I would have traveled and started doing photography and realized like that was my calling in life and that's what my passions Mm -hmm. were and that's what I wanted to do. And then I didn't have to spend the 50,000 that I did on school. And so it's like taking, slowing down and taking a break. And there is not this set, like people get their college degree when they're 40 and people get college degrees when they're 21. And there is not this timeline you have to follow. And so now Aubrey is like, about to be a senior and we talked to her like what do you want to be when they're like where do you want to go to school where do you and Aubrey (laughs) Aubrey said just recently like I kind of want to be like a ski guide for a bit and I'm like dude fucking come to Colorado live with me and Connor go be a ski bum for a year work at a coffee shop and save money and then go to school like I'm not telling Aubrey not to go to school but like there is no pressure to go right away and even I had said that in front of my mom and she was like, I agree. Like, I think my mom like low-key wants Aubrey to go be like a fucking <sighs> ski person. This, and yes, but it's like she never would have thought of that. And it's all about like, I'm so proud of her that like her, she's not stuck in these old ways and she's like realized mm-hmm. and been aware and things like that. But it's like, it. there's nothing wrong with doing it at a different pace. And you could take a three year, you could take a semester off, you could take three years off, it doesn't matter, you could take a break. Like, there was a girl who I went to um, college who's in my sorority, who just was like, two and a half, three years in and just went home to take a semester off. Like her mental health was bad. So she took a semester off and went back to school. And so the notion that it has to be on this set timeline, like you graduate, you go to college, you graduate in four years, you go to grad school, you go to the workforce, like that's a bunch of crap. And it doesn't have to be like that. Everyone has different Mm -hmm. paths of getting. And if we all did the same thing, what a boring world we would live in. Like it takes people doing things differently and going on a different path that like makes everyone's journey so unique and so special. And we need more of it. It, There's never any switch that flips or never any thing that you expect. And it's like when we tell our kids that there's a path that they follow, it gives you this weird idea about growing up that just isn't true. 
It's hard because it's like, I want my kids to have experiences too. Like mm-hmm. I don't want them, but I don't, I'm not, I'm going to try as to make them do what I want them to do as little as possible. Yeah, not project so your I, wants yes. or desires or needs to them. Yeah. I just want them to experiment and try and to know that like, if they want to be a writer, like I'll help them figure that out or an artist or a doctor, like I, or a unicorn yes. or a rainbow or snowflake or a grandma. <laughs> Yeah. Unless it's a YouTube star, then I'm not supporting it at all. (laughs) Okay. And I'm done. All of this is great. I do have to make one point and I don't want to like end this on a bad note and we'll uh, like we can keep going after this. But I also think a lot of what we said today was like I dropped out and then I created this successful life and I'm so happy right now, which I am. And I am so thankful for where like my photography and um, videography businesses. But one of the most important parts of my story that we didn't touch on was how low it was when I did come home. And I think it's important to talk about that because we're like encouraging people to do these things like do what you want, mm-hmm. explore your yeah. and you can't go in with a mindset that like overnight you are going to find happiness and it's going to be fucking easy because When I came home from school, it was a breath of fresh air. Like I, my mental health was at a better place for a bit. And I did feel like, okay, I'm on this path and it's okay and I can breathe. But it was also one of the lowest points of my life as well. And like the whole last semester. So like I came home December of my sophomore year and that semester, like until summer started, was a very low point in my life. And clearly there was also like personal things with my relationship with Connor that are deep and they're Mm -hmm. heavy that we will maybe talk about sometime on the podcast that no one knew about. And that was a big mental toll on my life. Mm -hmm. But it was also having no idea what I was doing. And I came home with like high expectations and high drive. Like I'm going to go home and I'm going to be a photographer and I'm going to be a videographer and mm-hmm. we're going to turn Okanopal into an empire. <laughs> like I had these <laughs> desires and then I came home and I went from being a full-time college student to life with no structure. And that was <sighs> brutal. Like I was living at my mom's house and I didn't have anything. Like I didn't have a job or a nine to five. Like I was literally just living at my mom's house. And at the same time, like I was, I'd got a camera and I was like taking pictures of friends and watching YouTube videos, but I felt like I was the biggest piece of shit in the world. I'm like, I live at my mom's house. Like, I don't know how to get started. It was a very slow start and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And again, like things fell into place. And it's not even necessarily like I do think some things fell into place, but I also like it was a lot of hard work and like persistence. And I started to, you know, I worked for a photographer and I was um, Mm -hmm. people like once I started shooting and posting on my Instagram, even if they weren't paid, like I was going to do shoots or I was shooting like my friends for free, obviously, and like Mm -hmm. posting those. And I started to get clients and it was a slow process. And like I started to, um, Then it started to become a business and my career, and now it's a full-time job. But there was this six months of utter sadness and failure, and I was home, and I was living at my mom's house, and I was sleeping in and because I didn't have anything to do during the day. And Mm -hmm. 
And it was such a scary time. And so that's just to say, like, it is going to be hard work. And there's also going to be this transition period. Like there's a transition when you go to college in your freshman year, but there's also a transition when you come home and you try to figure out what life looks like with no structure. And yeah. so, but stick through with that because I easily could have been like, well, fuck, I made a mistake. Yeah. I'm going back to college. But you have to really listen to your heart and your head and think about what you wanted because it wasn't easy, but I just kept reminding myself of what I wanted. And eventually I got there. And after hard work and things fall into place and luck and just the path of life, you will get there. But it is not something that happens overnight. And so if you make these big decisions and you decide to start a business, you decide to drop out of school, like if shit like hits the fan for a bit, that's okay. And that's normal. And I just, I just didn't want people to think that like, no, go start a business. It was the greatest thing of all time. Drop out of school. (laughs) Like our mental health just fucking thrived because I like the podcast when, when we talked about mental health and when I thought I was having fucking like heart attacks. We shouldn't be giving anyone (laughs) any advice, like whatever, you know where we are. So this is what you're looking for. But that was important for me because I didn't want to give false hope to anyone because it was not smooth sailing by any means. No. And it's like the best point that so like we get into this and start down circles of thought. And then it's like, I forget too. I literally remember in yoga training, everyone like talking about what they do. And it was like, a couple lawyers and mm-hmm. your mom and then it like came to be and it's like <laughs> well I have a doctorate in education but it's like I felt like I was supposed to be a professor mm-hmm. or I felt like at this point in my life I should I don't know have something and then it's like Ellery always says someone's like what do your parents do and she's like my mom has like seven jobs yeah and I, and it's like just this cobbling together of like, I teach a class here, or I like write some curriculum here, or we like do this kind of, but this doesn't even count as a job. And I was teaching yoga and then I help Adam with the business. But it's like when I quit teaching, like, and I had a kid, a -hmm. child, Ellery was like three. So I was like, I can be a stay at home mom. But the shame that I felt for being staying at home and not having a job. And that was at like 30 something Mm -hmm. was it was so hard. And I felt like I had to keep so I always kept writing because I felt like otherwise all of my time and money spent on my degrees had been wasted. Mm -hmm. And that is bullshit. Like, any of the time that you spend doing anything isn't wasted. But I felt like that. And then I would like talk to my family and they'd be like, well, what are you doing now? And it's like, fucking nothing. Like, I don't know. And everyone's like, you're a mother, you're raising a child. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, whatever. But I never wanted to be a stay at home mom. And like, I just had such an identity problem mm-hmm. with like trying to figure out what my new label was and what I could say to people that like let them know that I was still smart or yeah. relevant or <laughs> but 
Yeah. Like I had to let all of that go. And that is, I mean, I'm still working on that. That that takes a long time to, because I always felt like I still have to teach. Otherwise, all of this is pointless. But it's like, not pointless to me. It's just maybe pointless to other people. And it's like letting go of those things that is an ongoing process my whole life. Yeah. Like letting go of what other people think I should be doing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was even going to say, like, I do think, like, because you went to college all of those years, we have the conversations we do on this podcast. And it's like, because I learned about gender at college, I have these conversations with my friends and family, and it all does play a role. And what's so silly about this identity crisis is, it is a big ego thing. And I think a lot of it is mm -hmm. personal because it's like you talk about struggling with your identity and being like, I don't know what I do, but like I've known you for so long and I knew you, dur like, knew you during those years where you felt like you were having an, an identity crisis, but like it never fucking dawned on me. Like I, it was like you were struggling so much with all of that, but it's like, I never thought, what does Lacey really do? What's her job? What does, <laughs> you know? And like, it's so yeah. internal and getting out of your head yes. that like, and I do think a part of it is like, you care what other people think of, because that was the other thing. Like, I remember when I came home from school and people were like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. And like, dude, I still lie to people like me and Connor will like fucking okay this is what's so terrible so the Qdoba in Rapid City like I used to go to Qdoba all the time when I was like a senior in high school and we would go for lunch all the time and the guy there knew me and I remember I had been home for like a few months and I I went to Qdoba and the guy was like oh hey like are you home for break on college and I was like yeah I'm just here for the weekend <laughs> And then, like, if I went back, if I went to Kyoto tomorrow and he asked me, like, are you home from school? I'd be like, yeah. Like, it was easier for me to just fucking lie to people and be like, I'm a college student oh. than explaining the history of it or, like, really? Because it's like, it was the yeah. same thing for me. Like, what do you say? And that was also what was so and hard. And they is, don't give a fuck, no, really. Why well, I, I could have just said, like, I'm a photographer. Like, I'm a, you know, I could have said whatever the fuck I wanted. But for, like, I literally thought it was easier to just lie and just say, I was home for break like the amount of people in rapid city who literally i told like i was just home for the weekend is absurd like i didn't fucking tell anyone but it's like it is this internal identity mm -hmm. and like but so much of it is projected and like we struggle with it because we have to explain it but we don't have to explain it and no one no. deserves that and like you don't have to but it also is like it feels so big to you because there is this pressure from the time you're fucking three years old. What do you want to be when you're older? So it's like you think you have to have this answer and you fucking don't. Like it doesn't matter. Someone asks you what you are like, I'm a female. Like I'm a yeah. kind person. Like it doesn't fucking yeah. matter what you say. You don't owe it to anyone. But with that, you also don't owe it to yourself. And I don't know if that's worded correctly, but like – how you're explaining it and from like what I know I've been through is it is an internal identity crisis and feeling like you owe it to yourself to like pinpoint this thing. But like, why can't we just say like, we're figuring it out. We are happy people. I am a, you know, a female, like all of those things. Like, why do we have this idea in our own head? It's because of society, but like, why the fuck do yes. I have to pinpoint what I do as a career? Cause it's you because don't. Because of success. 
Yeah. Because we have these ideas about success. And like, if you ask a, someone just on the street, and I'm making assumptions, but if you were like, what is success? It's like, well, you like have a job and you make lots of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not the perfect perfect path for it. Notion that society has to follow the same path and this is the example of success. And if you have all of these yeah. things, then you're successful is a bunch of bullshit. It- well, it's building that too. And you have to figure out how to build it. So mm-hmm. if I had to like end on anything, I think the one is like, I don't feel like anyone ever has to know what they want to be when they grow up. You just be yourself and try to find happiness as much as you can. And you figure it out and it will change and it should change. I guess that's another big point is like, if you are not growing, like that is a really sad place to be. Like whether even if you do have a full-time job, like do your hobbies, do the things like my mom. Like my mom is very well off in her job. She could easily do her job and then sit at home and watch TV and just live day to day and not think of anything else. But it's this desire and drive to do other things in life that I want to encourage people to do more because it's not just, you know, figuring out what you want to do, but it's letting it evolve over time and letting it change regardless of where you're at in your life. Yes. Okay. So that is one wrap up. I think another wrap up is like, you have to really sit down and decide what success looks like for you. For sure. Like what in your life. And that leads into like the third thing that I would say that has always been really helpful for me. And that is writing down what your ideal life looks like. Mm -hmm. And it should be as big of a dream as you possibly could have Mm -hmm. or whatever, like not restricting yourself to like, you know, that's not possible. Like whatever that is and being honest with yourself about where you wish you could be and then picking out the things there that you can start to move in that direction. Because I remember when I was teaching, like in my first like two years of teaching, and the other thing is like, I've always loved my students and I've always, I mean, I do love school. So I remember teaching and even when I was teaching, I would like Google like how to be a yoga teacher or how Mm -hmm. to whatever. And I was like, 26 years old, like first years of teaching. And I was like, I know I have to teach. I know I can't like quit my job to become a yoga teacher. But like, that was something that was always there, Mm -hmm. always there. And at like, you know, 10 years later, it was like, oh, I can do that now. And then I did it. So it doesn't always like happen overnight, but just identifying those things that you want to keep working towards, I think is so, so important. And I always start every year, like I write a thing that's like pretending like it's the end of the year. And it's always like, oh, this has been such a great year. I did this and this and this. And it's always surprising how just putting that stuff out into Mm -hmm. the universe, how how much of it really comes back. And at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, fuck, I did write a book and I didn't think that I would. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, 
we did start a podcast and I didn't know if that would really happen. That was just like a thing that was Mm -hmm. out there. So like once you can, I don't know, I always think writing it down is like the best thing because you can go back and I just write them in my planner. So then they're always there reminding me too, like, hey, bitch, you got to do this work if you want to get that done. (laughs) But it's also like, I so agree. And I've always been someone who writes lists and love what you said that like, think as big as you can. But I also want to say like, think as small as you can too. And and not like, like think big and write those big dreams, but write the literal stupid, like I have a, a note somewhere of something I wanted to do. And I think I wrote it like years ago and it was be able to do a press handstand and like this, yeah. the stupidest things. But it's like, I'm at this point in my life where like me and Connor have really taken like working out and getting fit really seriously. And like I did a handstand like a week ago and it was like 10 times closer than I've ever been in my life. But like there was a time where I thought my ideal life was traveling in a van and like doing yoga and doing handstands and writing a book, which still probably is my ideal life. But like because I wrote those little things down, like it doesn't have to be like it should be big and you should write your big goals down. But you should write the little things like I want to learn how to play tennis. I want to learn how to paint better. I want to listen to a podcast every week to better my mental health. And then those little Mm -hmm. things are just as valuable because they all play into happiness. Like working out and getting better and stronger at yoga makes your mental health better if it's something that you want to do. Yeah. Yes. Like go to bed before 10 o'clock. Like for sure. All of it. All of it. I think I think just getting down really what what your ideal life would look like and then letting go because that like I really am living the life that I would want to be living but then if I could just let go of the shame for like living the life that I want to be living yeah. you know so it's like there's always some struggle there where you feel like it's not enough or there is you feel I feel like that you have to keep working I feel like I have my dream job and I literally like make great money shooting weddings and doing photography but the amount of downtime I have and again like I schedule it that way like I'm not booking yeah. seniors and sessions and saying no to a lot of things and so like I literally am living this dream life that this is the life I wanted when I was in college but then I still sit on the couch some days and I'm like fuck I'm doing nothing like I I, yes. like, I don't work nine to five like I haven't worked today like what am I doing with my life but and that's all big things and um and that's and it's all like a whole other thing to talk about and finding happiness within yourself and I think we touch on it a little bit every episode but I just think the sky is the fucking limit but to also really pinpoint the small things that make you happy because those are just as important as the big successes in your life like okay yeah you graduated college and you have this really good job but then also like you are caring about your physical well-being or you are drinking more Mm -hmm. water through the day or you finished a book every month like those are all important and everyone's on a different path like the things that you desire out of life are different than the things that I desire and a lot of them are similar but it's not like society has this perfect vision of like this is what success and this is what happiness looks like it's all so personable and you have to pinpoint what that means to you and then just start. You should write your ideal life and then, no, you should show us your handstands and <laughs> yeah. tag us, 
because I also started. I can't walk today because I've spent the last two days doing more fucking handstands <laughs> than I've done in probably all my life. Because your handstand already is like way better than mine. Well, I was a but gymnast was like, for so long, so I, I have a yes. head start. So and you're young and yeah. your <laughs> shit's all in the right place. But I am doing them because that's on my list for you know what my ideal life looks like. There's a handstand in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I vividly remember one of the things, and I know you probably remember this too, but I used to say that what I wanted to be when I was older is I wanted to adopt a boy from Africa. I wanted to yeah. live in a van and I wanted to write a book. And that was like this dream life that, to be honest, probably is still like my fucking ideal dream life. But like I yeah. tell Connor, like, I, we really, really seriously want to live in a van and I like keep putting it into the universe because I actually want it to be real and I think it will be real. But I think of like, okay, so when you're doing van life, like it's a lot of just being at the van and like you can go and you would explore. But like what I think of is like having a yoga mat and being able to do like handstands outside of the van. And like that is just a fucking <laughs> dream life. Yes. So then I'm like, I thought about that like a week and a half ago and I was like, fuck, I need to learn how to do a handstand so I can do it when I live in a van. And so then I started fucking <laughs> doing handstands at the gym and there's like old people. There was this old man last time. And not only was I doing handstands, but I was recording myself because I like want to be able to like see how like what it looks like. And so I was like, yes. God, I just look like a fucking idiot but but who cares i think that that i mean fuck it all it all is it's all related because mm -hmm. it is like you just have to you have to have a purpose mm -hmm. i think that's what it goes back to every time it's like what is your purpose and what are you working towards and what does success look like for you and what are you meant to do here in the world and i don't think that it is healthy for us to think we're not meant to do anything important. Mm -hmm. I think we all have to feel like what we're we're on the planet to do is important. And whether that is like raising your children. Being a teacher, being a doctor, being an artist. Yeah. It's everything. You just have to feel like what you're doing is making a difference. And, and – that's a really hard thing for me because every time I'm like, oh, it's not that big of a deal or, oh, this doesn't, you know, change anything. But it's like I always have to have something that I'm working towards that will then be the next thing. And that's the stuff that gets me out of bed in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I love my kids and and I want them to – to be the best people that they can be. And like, we're trying really hard to be really great parents. But beyond that, like I have to have an identity separate from them too. Like being a good parent is not my whole life. So it's like just trying to figure out what that is and and what we're supposed to do while we're here. Mm -hmm. And just being the best person that you can be while you do it. And I think that there's purpose in that. So I don't know, whatever your path is, I think the important part is just like getting it out into the universe because that's like the first step. I think like I think about Okanopalum, it's like we should start a business. It's like that's bullshit. And then a year later it's like we should start a business. And it's like, okay, it's less 
ridiculous sounding the second time. And then the third time, it's like, let's just do this. It's like, okay. And it's the same thing with a podcast. It's like, for a year, it's been like, we should start a podcast. It's like, that's so silly. And then as time goes by, then it's like, okay, let's just fucking do it. And it's the same with everything. With Mm -hmm. quitting my job, it was like, I don't think... I should be teaching. And the first time you say it, it's like so scary. And then by the third time, Adam's like, just quit your fucking job. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, just, just do it. Saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like the, but t- just, the Twitter, Lacey, did you see the one I sent you? Oh, it was like, yes, Nike. Yeah. Me yeah. or like bank account, $1,400 stimulus check. Me at Nike. You do it. <laughs> okay. Do I stop recording now? Well, goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Have a wonderful day and good luck following your dreams. That's it. Now can can we stop? Can I hit end now? (laughs) No, I'm done recording. Bye.